Welcome to The Remarkables, Grant Thornton's podcast that seeks to uncover stories about remarkable people doing incredible things for their community, bettering the world for future generations and inspiring others to do the same. I'm Rebecca Archer and today I'm joined by Rachel Sara, an artist and designer from Goring Goring Country. Since graduating university with a Bachelor of Visual Communication Design, Rachel has achieved so much. She received a Griffith University 2022 Outstanding standing alumni award. Her art has been showcased around the country and she has even done a TEDx talk on art and culture in contemporary society. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. We're excited to have you on the show. Before we dive into the episode, though, it would be wonderful if you could lay out exactly who you are and where you're from. Thanks for having me. My name is Rachel Sara, as you've mentioned, and I'm a very proud growing, growing woman. So culturally, that means I connect back to Bundaberg area, central Queensland, but I live and have grown up in western suburbs of Brisbane my whole life. And yeah, I'm an artist, designer. I've recently become a radio host and I feel like I'm just finding different creative outlets to express myself and my culture. I'm wondering if you always kind of knew that you wanted a creative career and how exactly did you kick that off and get started? Well, I think if we look historically at my cultural background, as First Nations people, we've always been creative. We've always been storytellers. We are the longest continuing culture in the world and we are the oldest, I guess, street artists in the world. So I think naturally it was always going to be part of me. I think how I found out that I was a creative person was just really following and understanding how I felt in certain situations. So I always remember going through high school, you know, I'd feel really comfortable in my sports classes, but I'd feel like a sense of underlying anxiety, I guess, because I needed to do well in those environments. And then I remember distinctly having a really great art teacher through high school. And what I remember is how calm and supported I felt in that environment. It was almost like, there was a lack of anxiety and lack of pressure because the way art is, you can create an outcome dependent on how you're feeling. There's no preconceived idea of what you need to achieve. So I think that aspect of creativity and art and design really resonated with me. So I think there's a few things at play there. I think naturally I was always going to be creative given my cultural background, but then it was also, I guess, that acknowledgement and understanding of how I felt in those environments. Good teachers are just invaluable, aren't they? They can really make life-changing moments for you, I think. What inspires you to create the artwork that you do? I think, again, it comes back to that cultural identity and, and I guess that legacy that people who have come before me have left me. But it's also just a way to kind of resolve emotions and feelings and situations you know I I do go to therapy as well but I also feel like art and creativity is a is a huge form of therapy and and it's a way to kind of yeah resolve those things and and explore different ideas in a way that is separate to the reality that we're feeling or directly linked to the reality it can manifest in different ways but it was something about I guess, just that emotion that kind of left me feeling whole in that creative space. So that idea to really chase that feeling of peace, that feeling of, I guess, belonging somewhere and creating spaces where I could belong. 
I think this is always a bit of a difficult question for an artist, but how would you describe your style? That is a very difficult question to ask artists. And I think a lot of the time, because we are artists, it's such an internal journey. It's so connected to us. So sometimes it takes other people to kind of have a perspective on what you're creating to think, oh, it could be that, it could be this. For me, it's so linked to who I am that I would say it is an extension of who I am and and what I'm going through. So being able to tie that to my experiences, but in a creative and a fun and optimistic and vibrant and feminine way, I think it's a reflection of who I am and how I feel and and how that manifests is different in different applications. But it's always that underlying idea that I want to bring something to an optimistic viewpoint. So I want the outcome to be everything that I've grappled with, everything that I'm acknowledging, everything that I'm going through. But again, at the end of the day, I want it to be a reminder for myself and anyone else who's listening or viewing it that you can get through that process and the outcome can be a beautiful thing. How and when did you discover that there was demand for your particular art in the public space? I still question it every day. But I think the turning point would be in, I guess, my career before working for myself, I was working in an agency and I kind of, if we go back to that idea of that emotional energy that I was feeling and that calmness I was feeling working for myself, I would say working for someone else was the complete opposite. I felt uneasy. I didn't feel myself. I felt very emotionally fragile. And so really creating the work that I was creating stemmed from that environment, that negative kind of environment. And to begin with, it was just like I mentioned that therapy, it was grappling with the emotions the feelings I was feeling. But then I started sharing it on Instagram. And what I found was, although people might not be feeling what I'm feeling in the exact same way, different people were resonating with different parts. And so I think my work kind of became the big sister kind of account to kind of have that bit of guidance and and kind of just help people through, which was something that I wasn't expecting from my work. It was very, I guess to begin with, it was a very selfish thing for me to just put work out there to make myself feel good. But yeah, the way that people resonated with the themes, and I think because there is commonality across, you know, people with different intersex like myself, Yeah, it was kind of just a gradual thing. And then you look back five years ago and it did happen so quickly. But I think people think things happen overnight, but it really is such a big journey. So, yeah, I think it was just small moments and and just that validation of other people who felt the way that I felt that kind of made me realise that people enjoy my voice, people enjoy my work and... And it's making not only myself feel good, but it's making other people feel good as well. Was there a particular sort of pivotal moment when you realised your work was really gaining traction? And how did you process that? Was it sort of overwhelming or did you feel excited? What was that like? I think there's been a few moments. I think the ones that stand out for me, I think because a lot of what I do is so centred around an online platform. So I do get a lot of messages and a lot of people who will share how much they love what I do. But the one moment I can remember, as I mentioned, like I grow, I've grown up in Brisbane, but I travel a lot for work and I was in the Melbourne airport grabbing a coffee and a girl was behind me and she's like, 
excuse me. And I thought she just wanted to, you know, get in line. But then she was like, are you Rachel Sarah? And I was like, yes, I am. So somewhere you wouldn't imagine someone to know you. And I'm sure other people kind of get that a lot more than what I do. But it's kind of nice to have that humanized connection in in unexpected ways. And I think that's really one of the moments I can remember distinctly about how they could kind of resonate with my work from so far away from where I've considered it to exist within. And it's really special because I think I remember she said she loves my work and it definitely got her through some, you know, difficult times. And I think a lot of people underestimate the power of art and design and how it can actually help people in those times and how it can bring people together and how it can give people a voice when they they don't think that they have one or if they're struggling or if they feel like they're not strong enough to communicate what they're feeling. So I think that's one of the things that I love most about creativity and art and, and the impact that my work is having on people. Did you expect that your art would be something that you could turn into a business? And now that it has, what's been some of the biggest lessons that you might have learned from starting and running your own business? I think deep down, I always knew that I was going to create my own business and work for myself. I think where doubt came into it was society's perspective on the validity of a creative business. But I've become, I guess, my life mission to express how powerful creative businesses can be and and how impactful and how valuable it can be, not only for creators, but for all of the community and all of society. So one of my biggest lessons is don't take no's as failures. I think that's one that's a cliche, but it's so very valuable. But also, I think just the more that you rise, the more that you're visible, people will have something to say about it. And you have to be conscious that not everyone's opinions are valid and not everyone who has anything negative to say is coming from a position of knowing more or knowing better. And that's also become a bit of a common one because I think we are, we're beginning to realize that sometimes we know best and we need to trust our gut. And I always say like my gut is my ancestors kind of talking to me and guiding me and pushing me in the path and the directions. But I think the biggest one that I've really learned over the last two years, when I started my business, it grew rapidly and I always wanted to do more. I was putting so much into my work and what I think that process began to do was burn me out like mixed with a pandemic I think a lot of people were feeling that way but there comes a moment when instead of just trying to do multiple little things you really do just need to stop and take a break and completely rejuvenate yourself because the more that you fight this uphill battle the more the results will just be less than ideal and it's almost like if you kind of stop taking some time heal recover recuperate mentally physically spiritually the better the outcomes will be and i think i'm still in that process of giving myself time and setting those boundaries to actually take a break have a look at what i'm creating have a look at the impact that i'm having and making sure that still aligns to my values and if not how do i 
realign what I'm doing to better suit my values and to better be linked to the purpose and the impact that I want to leave. Have you found in the business any particular financial or social or cultural or gender specific perhaps issues that have been a roadblock or an obstacle to you? And if so, how have you handled that? Yeah, I think generally the challenges that we're facing are linked to all of those aspects, particularly when you have a creative business. I know I mentioned earlier that people question the validity of creative businesses and it's almost seen as being a hobby as opposed to something that can be successful, something that can be financially stable. For me, I think the barriers are just knowledge around finance, knowledge around business and that gatekeeping aspect of how we hold our cards very close to us. I do have privilege attached to my, I guess, existence. And I've been very lucky to have a dad who's run a business. I've been very lucky to exist within different businesses and in those environments, you know, I can pick and choose what I want to take into my own business. I can learn from mistakes of others. I can kind of piggyback on those who've come before me and who have done great business. But I think the biggest challenge is not necessarily from society anymore. The biggest challenge in business, I guess, is within yourself. It's making sure that you have those routines. It's making sure that you have the drive, the purpose, you're tied to your values. I think what society can do is make you question all of those things. And again, it just comes back to trusting in yourself, following your gut and and really just yeah, if someone says no, well, how do you find a different direction? And I guess with anyone and with female-led businesses and First Nations-led businesses, the other challenge is that people are putting a lot of funding, a lot of interest in what my business is, a female-led First Nations-owned business. But the challenge in that is uncovering who is engaging with you with the right intentions and who is kind of trying to tick a box. And I think if you don't have a strong sense of who you are and what your business stands for, then that's where you can be sucked into those situations that are not authentic, genuine, or tied to your values and your impact. Rachel, I'm wondering if there are any art collaborations that have really stood out for you or particular brands that you've enjoyed working with and maybe is there a particular piece of art that you feel the most proud of? That's a very tough question. (laughs) Every piece of work I create, I'm either proud of or it's taught me something about myself. I'm really proud of the relationships I've been able to build As I've grown and as my business has grown, I started out as purely a graphic designer, then into art. And then what I've come to learn is there's a lot of value in who I am, the voice that I have and how I can share that with different companies, different businesses. I have a really good relationship with L'Oreal Australia and it's empowering to have people who want to put your culture at the forefront and instead of just linking it into something that is specifically just a reconciliation aspect, it's really powerful when people want to embed that into their core business. So from an artist perspective, from a consultant perspective, I really love working with L'Oreal. And also this year I am an ambassador for Intrepid Travel. And Intrepid is 
incredible. And my first engagement was actually just going on one of their trips. And then what I came to learn is everything about Intrepid, they're B Corp certified. Everything about what they do has so much value and is so calculated to do good in the world and for the travelers. And I get really inspired by people and companies like that because it's so separate from the creative industry, but somehow it makes me feel like I'm learning in spaces and it's that shared value. So I think those two from more like a less creative aspect, but from a really pure creative aspect, I'm really loving the Glasshouse collaboration that I've just done. It's launching for Mother's Day. And we worked on that in 2021. So two years ago, it's been a two year process. But yeah, I'm really proud of, I guess, those three projects. But yeah, like I said, really proud of everything that I've worked on. And it all has and all does play a special role in the process. And do you find when you do one collaboration, it sort of organically leads to others? Or how does that process sort of come about? Yeah, I'd say visibility definitely plays a role in how people gravitate towards my work. So I think the more kind of collaborations and bigger brands that I work with, I guess the more I'm able to showcase what I can offer. But I also tend to do that within my personal brand as well. So I think, yeah, the visibility, I'm sure people would like to think that there's more of a calculated process to it. But in terms of that, I'm really guided by what comes up and making that link to my values, making that link to my impact and making sure that all of those things sort of align before saying yes or no. But in terms of does it lead to one or another thing, I think I'm sure it probably does. But yeah, it's not a calculated thing that I set out. I guess in some degree, I do try and every year set out a list of of goals of people I'd love to work with and and try and manifest that into my career and into my life. But yeah, I'm really guided by who comes to me and the effort that they put in to kind of work with me, but also the effort that they put into their own cultural journey as well. So Rachel, what advice would you have for other people who are wanting to pursue a creative career and potentially turn that into a successful business? Yeah, I think that's such a great question and a question that I do get asked all the time. And I think it ultimately comes down to the fact that you really need to treat yourself as your biggest asset. You need to look after yourself mentally, physically, creatively. And when you're not feeling well yourself, your business is going to struggle. And I think a lot of people underestimate the time that's involved in running a business. I can't remember the last time that I was completely switched off, not worrying about anything. Even if I'm on holidays, I still have my business in the back of my mind. The emails, you know, they back up if you're off sick for a day or two. So it is a huge commitment. But my advice is once you're like solid within yourself or you have things in place to make sure that you are caring for yourself, it's just that undeniable belief in the fact that you can do it and that there are opportunities out there and it can be a successful business. And I think just remembering to consider who you're listening to, what advice you're kind of taking from other people and whether it's coming from a place of knowledge or whether it's coming from a place of judgment. And just finally, Rachel, do you have anything in the pipeline for later this year? Yeah, I feel like I'm 
always have something on the go. I think I've been in a stage where I've taken a step back and have, I guess, looked at my business as a whole and where I can have value, how I can evolve and how I can actually sustain this as a, a future without working myself to the absolute core of me. But I'm really excited to be, like I mentioned earlier, working with Intrepid. I'll be their ambassador this year, which is super exciting. I'll get to go on a few trips with them, do some consultancy work internally with them. And what I'm excited most about that is I think travel is such a huge part of a creative journey. You can see different things. So I'm actually really excited to go on those trips and and see how that really affects me creatively and how I can evolve and how I can be inspired by that. And one of the trips I'll be going on is to Italy, which is exciting because my grandfather was actually Italian. So my dad's mom was Aboriginal. My dad's dad was Italian and he came over to escape the war. He had a wife and, and three kids over there that were supposed to follow and then they just never did. So he went over to Australia, met my grandma and then they have 10 kids. So I'm excited to see and follow that link back to Italy and how that might inspire me given that my Aboriginal culture is such a huge inspiration for me creatively. I'm really excited to explore how me being physically in part of my lineage, I'm really excited to, yeah, just feel what that feels like to be part of my culture over there and how that can inspire me. I can't wait to see what it does inspire in terms of your art. That sounds so exciting. What a wonderful thing to look forward to. Travel again after the pandemic. It's just who would have thought that we would miss it so much, really. I know. I know. I feel like the last few years being in a pandemic, is it really affects you in different ways. Hey, but travel and inspiration is such a huge thing for us. Now, Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. It's been so great talking to you and getting to know a bit about your journey. If people who are listening want to check out a little bit more about you, get to know you a bit better, how can they continue to follow your particular journey beyond today's episode? So you can find me on Instagram. It's sara, S-A-R dot R-A underscore underscore. I'm on Facebook, Rachel Sara Creative, and also I'm a host of Let's Talk the Arts on AAA Murray Country. Um, it airs 9am on a Monday morning or you can catch up on Spotify on Let's Talk. So different ways you can connect, but absolutely please connect. If you liked this podcast and would like to hear more Remarkable stories, you can find, like and subscribe to the Remarkables podcast by Grant Thornton Australia on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a review or some ideas on who you'd like to hear from next. I'm Rebecca Archer. Thank you for listening.